few years ago, my sister was about to get engaged, and my now brother-in-law concocted a rather elaborate plan for his proposal to my sister. He chose the day very carefully. It was the anniversary of their first date. He had to come into town to surprise her because he was uh, in school. He was in a different city. And he had to do a lot of different things to make sure that everything was absolutely right. So my sister's a teacher, and normally she would go to the gym after schools, and he didn't want her to come home from the gym to have you know, an engagement question pop to her. So he decided to get one of her other friends to come into town and surprise her after school, basically stall for time, go to Breadco, uh, so she wouldn't go to the gym. In addition to that, he got one of her other friends to come in from out of town and set up cameras in my parents' house where he would eventually pop the question and pop out a little bit to take a few pictures uh, when the time came. And then when my sister got to my parents' house, he didn't want her to just come through the garage door. He wanted something a little bit more elaborate. So he had my parents disable the garage door so that she would go in the front door where he had roses leading to the family room, her favorite song playing on their anniversary of their first date, and then he popped the question. It was a beautiful, romantic gesture on the part of my now brother-in-law. The preparation, all of those details, all of that was striving to communicate how much he cared about that moment and how in love he was with my sister, how, in, how sincere his love for her was. We get a rather similar moment to this in our gospel tonight, in the genealogy of Jesus. Yes, it's long. Yes, it's very detailed. Yes, all those names get mispronounced pretty much every year. But there's a purpose. There's a purpose to hearing all those names on a night such as this, even if it doesn't seem like it has a great deal to do with the Christmas story. In fact, brothers and sisters, that genealogy has everything, everything to do with Christmas. Much like my brother-in-law, God wants to show us how much he has prepared for the birth of his son. How elaborate the plan has been for so long. How sincere his love is for us. And how much he has cared and thought about this particular moment in time. We see all of the steps that God had to take in order to make this happen. How long it's been on his mind, you could say. It's not just a list of names that can be hard to pronounce or make us drowsy and bored on Christmas Eve. It is God going through in painstaking detail how much he loves us and how much he has been preparing for this. In a sense, brothers and sisters, we are on the receiving end of a proposal from the God of the universe, a betrothal where God seeks to wed himself to humanity by becoming one of us. It truly is a proposal. After all, how does Isaiah describe it in our first reading? He says, the Lord delights in you and makes your land his spouse. As a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. As a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. Through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, there is now a bond that exists between God and humanity that was not there before. Humanity and God are wedded together 
in in a new, altogether unique way. That is what God does for us here at Christmas, but it really is also the entire story of Scripture itself. The modern theologian Christopher West says it quite beautifully. He says, you can sum up all of sacred Scripture in five words. God wants to marry you. Simple as that. It's the story of salvation history. The Bible is a story of nuptials between a God radically in love with us, his creatures. God wanting to enter into covenants, enter into relationship with us, his beloved. It's the story of the Old Testament as well, of a people struggling also to be faithful to that covenant, a people that had their ups and their downs. And this genealogy even reflects that too. Because you see on those lists of names, brothers and sisters, there are people there that are good and bad. Some great saints and some dirty, rotten scoundrels too. During that genealogy, it recounts times of prosperity, but also times of unimaginable sorrow. All of this culminating in the incarnation of Jesus, the Word becoming flesh. Tonight we see how God has prepared for this moment of union with us, this covenant, and even being able to see this moment through those ups and downs that he's had with his people. All of the preparation, you could say, that God makes for this beautiful moment of betrothal. But much like my brother-in-law, down on one knee to my sister, the proposal we receive from God tonight merits a response from us. And much like my sister in that moment, when you really see the plan in its entirety, how elaborate the plan is for us, we can only be blown away by the depth, care, and tender love our God continues to show us his creatures. Because this child that comes into the world, God has prepared millennia for this very moment, for his entrance into humanity. And yet, brothers and sisters, how often, upon seeing all that God has done for us, all that he has laid out for us, how often do we respond to that proposal with indifference? It's somehow not important. It's somehow not worthy of my time, seeing God as a hindrance and a nuisance rather than our beloved. And for a God who has painstakingly prepared for a moment like this, responses like that seem rather cold in the face of such deep and visible love. So how could we not say yes to him, brothers and sisters? How could we not say, yes, Lord, I want you in my life. I want to be your disciple. I want to follow your way of life, and I desire to make encountering you the focal point of my very existence. If we have a God constantly proposing a union with us, then our lives, brothers and sisters, ought to be a constant response to his overtures. Seeing that plan laid out in its entirety, in its depth, right before our eyes, we can maybe ask ourselves, how can we respond better? And how can we not say yes to a life that is joined to him? So this Christmas, brothers and sisters, may we behold the Christ child with love and see him as God among us, wanting to be united to humanity. And may we respond with love, affection, and joy to God's invitation, to his proposal, and say yes to all he has prepared for us.